If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. Well, it's that time again. No, it's not time for me to take a shower. It's time for our podcast, How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on in the world of sportsmanship. The month is February. The year is 2020. Glad you can be with us. As always, you can check us out online at osafoundation.org and submit your podcast stories. The email address is podcast at osafoundation.org and social media is facebook.com slash osafoundation and Twitter and Instagram are both at OSA Foundation, hashtag how you play the game. Across the way from me, our producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. Hey there. What's up? Uh, everything. Well, that's the sky? You know, well, not everything. not everything. If everything okay. was up, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, this is true. Some things are like down. Like the ground, you which is good. Are, you are breaking some new ground there. Oh, see, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, I, 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 need, <laughs> I need some help. Anyway, let's jump right into it. Our guest today is Brenda Hilton from uh, Officially Human. Brenda, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And before we get too far down the line, and before I forget, I love your logo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We we had a, uh, a close friend design it uh i don't think i had to tell her what to do she just did it and she's clearly smarter than me so we just we thank her for that i think i think i'm being paid to say that too so (laughs) that's okay that's okay so anyway brenda you've got a fantastic organization here officially human why don't we start with the basics tell us what it's about and why you started it well Back in 2000, I'm going to go way back here. In 2000, I was serving on a a school board, a small Lutheran school board, and the chairman of the school board was uh, the commissioner of the Mid-Continent Conference, now the Summit League. And we were wrapping up a meeting, and I said, I'm thinking about getting a job. Our our kids were older, our youngest was about to go to preschool. And he said, do you want a job? And I said, people talk about you all the time and what your job is. I don't even know what you do. So he asked me to come in and meet with them, and I went and met with them, and I started two hours a day, two days a week in October of 2000, and at the time, that's right when Youngstown State was leaving the Mid-Continent Conference, and so their full-time office manager left, and John Steinbrecher slotted me into that position, and one of the jobs was to work with all the sport coordinators. So I started working with the sport coordinators. Learned a lot about baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer, and obviously men's and women's basketball and how they are assigned. And so I just kind of fell in love with what you all do off the court. And so spent some time, did that for 11 years, and the Big Ten, the Mid-American Conference, and the Summit League decided to form a consortium and men's basketball, similar to what they had in uh, women's basketball for a few years and they called me, Rick Boagis from the Big Ten called me and said, hey, are you interested in taking this job? 
we know that you know the system very well. And uh, so I took the job. I never interviewed for it. I never submitted a resume. They may regret that now. I don't know for sure. But I wish all job interviews were that simple. Okay? <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. So um, anyway, I, I started here and then I was obviously only focused on men's basketball officiating. And I really, Rick gave me a lot of leverage to learn the ins and outs of assigning and camps. And over the years, I was, I was just kind of tracking on, oh my gosh, this is terrible the way these officials are treated. And things kind of took off at the Big Ten in my career as far as the director of building services. And the consortium went from three conferences to six conferences. And I, I told Rick all the time, I'm good, but I'm not this good. I can't I can't manage 2,100 games and do the building. So made the decision to go with the building and still kind of had that itch for the the officiating side and talked to quite a few people in the industry. And a really good friend of mine at the NCAA took me to lunch and said, you can't get out of this. I said, well, I already did. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, no, you find a way to stay involved. So the year of 2018, my husband and I just kind of tracked on stories and kept really engaged with officials. And in January of 2019, I was sitting at my table on a Saturday morning and wrote a business plan. And the next morning, Tim and I, I presented it to him. And I was very passionate about what I was saying and how we needed to do it. And he said, hey, let's let's try it. So here we are today. And the, the message is getting out there. Our names getting out there, but the the biggest thing, the biggest thing we want to do, I want to do, is raise awareness. Amen. That that absolutely. If yeah, if we if we can just start to just move the needle a little bit on the way that these men and women are treated, we're we'll we'll be okay. And we're not doing this to become millionaires. We're just trying to make a difference. And I look at I look at you know, all officials. And I think, my gosh, you're at, you're at my game today and you're, you are probably missing one of your own kids or grandkids games. And that's the stuff, that's the messaging that we're trying to get out is get people to understand that it really should not be all about that parent in those stands, but look at the whole picture of officiating and hopefully we're going to make a difference. Well, I sure hope so. I mean, everything that you just described is very personal to us on so many different levels because we share a lot of the same values. We try and do the same kind of stuff in that general area. And, you know, as an official myself, you've described so many experiences that I've had where you you wonder what is going through people's minds when they say things to you sometimes. And you have to stop and take a step back and say, are you, are you human too? I mean, do you right. not understand that when this game is over, I'm going to collect 60 bucks, go home, have a beer, and because of the way that you've just acted, rethink my life? I mean, it's that, it can be that uh, grueling and cruel sometimes. It's very mm-hmm. insulting. And, and as an official, you know, we I, I know we love what we do. We do it for a multitude of reasons, as you as you've said, you know, beautifully on your website that, you know, we 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 are out there to stay in the game, to earn maybe earn a little extra cash, to whatever the case may be. And we we really don't need to suffer that kind of an abuse uh, over 
what is in essence a youth sports game. You know, it's interesting too. Uh, I've I've gotten a couple comments over the years from different friends talking about the the money, and they might be talking about the collegiate level, the high division one level, and how much money these these men and women are making. And I say all the time, then go try it. Go try it. If you if you think it's that easy and the money is that great, go try it. Absolutely. But, but don't don't judge these people on what they're doing with their money. I've also heard people complain, well, those officials are just working for beer money. So what? Right. If you if you decide to go cut somebody's grass, do do you want to be judged on how you're going to spend the money that you earned? Right. No. Yeah. I can't think of a time that I've cut grass for beer money in my life. Can you, Sean? <laughs> right. No. 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 Have you, have, have you ever used a lawnmower, Sean? I have. You have? I have. Well, you're better than I me. I didn't get paid for it, no, but I have. I, I never used a lawnmower before. I think I've gone right. out and actually picked blades of grass Do one by one. No, they don't let me around scissors anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a different story for a different episode. Because you ran with them that one time? That one time. That yeah. one time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were probably the child scissors, but that's okay. With the rounded edges? Not only that... <laughs> But there was the one pair of the lefty scissors that you have in the box. You know, there's 29 pairs of righty scissors and Mm -hmm. you get the lefty one. You probably ate the crayons too, right? uh, Don't judge me. All right. (laughs) The blue ones taste the best. uh, Do you know from experience? No. No. (laughs) No. That's awesome. Oh, man. Um, So, lost my train of thought. Sorry. It happens. It does happen. We're talking about people eating crayons. Right, crayons and whatnot. Um, You know, it's funny when you bring up the idea of basically proposing to people, well, why don't you try it? I've had colleagues in the past say one of their best comebacks to people who uh, abuse them on the field is something along the lines of, hey, classes start February 1st, so if you want to come join our class, we'd love to have you. We're always in need of more officials. And then people kind of look at you like, what? And at least it gets them to shut up. But, you know, it's it's something that they've never come across before. And I think it leads into a a good point that you raise this in that uh, we are short on officials everywhere. And games are getting canceled. And... uh, trying to recruit more officials is just as difficult because they're like, why do I want to go out there for uh, that pay structure and take that kind of abuse? I mean, yeah, you might be making 60 bucks for two hours worth of work, but is it really worth it if your psyche is going to be damaged? Well, that is it. We're we're hearing a lot at the collegiate level and and obviously the youth level as well. We're talking about mental health wellness, mental health wellness. Well, has anybody stopped to think about the mental health wellness of officials across the board and how they're treated? Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right. they're the necessary evil and they just they're going to show up, they're going to have their whistle, they're going to have their shirt, they're going to have their shoes and we're going to yell at them. Yeah. But, but people aren't focusing on that part of it. I've actually connected with a uh, a girl named Rachel and I'm going to find her name right here right here uh, changing the narrative and she is an ESPN uh, commentator I think I think she has an online program and 
that's one of the things I'm talking to her about is how can we align our two organizations to talk about how, how do we help officials in this space? Because I've known an official that's committed suicide and that is not a cool thing. And I, yeah. I, I, I can't tie it to officiating. Maybe there was other stuff, but when we're talking about, we tr- we're trying to recruit and retain young officials but we tie so much mental health wellness to that. Are we taking care of them too? Because we better make sure that it's it's on the forefront of our minds. Absolutely, absolutely. You're you're 100% right. I know that obviously the perception of mental health is, is evolving for the best now. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. broadcaster Josh Lewin, who did radio for the Mets and the Red Sox, he has an organization about mental health. Uh, which is a fantastic organization, and our friends over at uh, Close Call Sports and the Mm -hmm. Umpire Ejection Fantasy League uh, out there in Anaheim run by Gil Imber, the organist for the Ducks, is uh, very high on on mental health and whatnot. I mean, we have our own hotline for the mental health of officials at... um, What is it? Officials Anonymous or, or Off and On. And, uh, you know, it, you, every time that phone rings, you you start to think like, is this going to be another story of someone who's calling to say, I, I just got abused. I need, I just need to talk to somebody. And I'm, I'm afraid when that number continues to rise because it's, it's sick. You're, you hit the nail on mm-hmm. the head that we don't spend the time caring about the officials we we take them for granted and we think that because we paid the ticket fee we can abuse them it's our right as fans or our right as coaches and players and whatnot and that couldn't be farther from the truth and brenda i think the key words the key words you said before necessary evil um, mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we heard that before? Well, we talked about I, it on an earlier episode. Right. Remember the, the necessary evil of having umpires? Right. And we were like, that's that's a terrible I mean, you thing You see it to on say. Twitter all the time Absolutely. from players, from fans, from coaches. And um, <laughs> it's toxic. From TV personalities? Say that again? From TV personalities. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talk about Paul O'Neill, the former Yankees outfielder, all the time when he's on the Yes Network. When he's not talking about officials, he is a great color commentator. He's funny. He's engaging. He's very smart. As soon as there's a problem with the officials, he it's like a switch flips, like he gets PTSD, and all of a sudden, it's the officials are terrible people. They need to stay out of the game and this, that, the other, and I guarantee you that all they were trying to do is do their job, and, and if that's a problem for Paul O'Neill, then that's Paul O'Neill's problem, not, not a societal problem. Sure. Yeah. And in, in, in our literature for the OSIB Foundation, we have four categories that sportsmanship affects the most. Uh, the player, the fan, the official, but also the media and how they can contribute to bad sportsmanship, but also good sportsmanship. But the example that Jack brought up about Paul O'Neill is an example of bad sportsmanship in the media. Because when you have someone who is a role model for so many people saying these things about officials that is propagating the negative uh, sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's extremely dangerous um, having that presence in the media and having that much influence over so many listeners. 
Well, that that actually came up. We we presented at the NCAA Final Four for volleyball and presented in front of 240 officials. And afterwards, a few officials came up to us and said, hey, what are you doing about the commentators? Because I don't know the the famous official or the famous volleyball player that is now a commentator. But they were saying that that person doesn't always keep up with the rule changes and is hammering on officials, yet doesn't know the rules. So Right. What's, what's um, what are you thinking, Sean? The the the, the test that the managers. Oh, right, like, right, right, right. Yeah, that this is the. <laughs> I love that. This is the the story that Sean loves, in that ESPN did a test of ten questions f- of all baseball rules and gave it to uh, a, a, a contingent of players, coaches, coaches, and broadcasters. And they were like, they all, I think maybe one person got them all right and the rest did pretty poorly. And the lowest score was one out of 10. And it was by current New York Yankees manager, Aaron Boone. So, I mean, I I don't mean to draw a conclusion here, but uh, I will. So, Mm -hmm. and what's, and, and to follow up on that, what people don't understand is that the rules of, any official sport or any major league sport, professional sport, are significantly different than the lower levels. So what you have happen in college sports is different than high school sports, is different than youth sports, etc. We just had a talk on it two weeks ago about uh, the difference between official baseball rules and high school baseball rules. And I find myself arguing with coaches because I have to explain to them, if you crack open the rule book, you will see that there are differences differences here that, you know, it may behoove you to know these. <laughs> so I'll tell you this story. Uh, if my son listens to this, he will be mortified that I'm telling this story. Oh, that's fine. We'll tell him. That's fine. Yeah. Um, he was probably 12 years old working a, a baseball game, youth baseball game. And, you know, I'm the mom, so I'm going to go and I'm going to watch and make sure he does everything right, even though I don't know one baseball rule, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. So um, coach complains about a call, approaches my son. The other coach comes out of the dugout, approaches my son. And I don't know what came over me. I went up to these two guys and I said, where's your rule books? And they looked at me like I was crazy because I was. <laughs> and they're like, who are you? And I said, no, where's your rule books? Why don't you check the rule? And neither one of them had their rule book. And I go, call stands, go back to your benches. I have, I had no business doing that. <laughs> None. But That's great. It, <laughs> What's funny about that is that, you know, we, as umpires, if someone brings a rule book out onto the the, the ball field, we immediately eject them. So from a certain standpoint, <laughs> really? you were baiting them. And I have even more respect for you now because that's just, this, this is just a fantastic thing. This it, is just, it was, it was crazy. That's My great. Like, I, and I, what are you doing? I, I will be sure to stalk your son to make sure that he gets mortified as well. <laughs> yes, um, yes. That's the right thing to say. That's Very good. On a sportsmanship right. podcast. Yes. You nailed it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I always say it's non-creepy stalking. It's fine. No, I yeah. mean, if they don't it's know fine. that you're in the bushes outside, how do they know you're even there? Right. So, you just kind of hide it. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So the police are listening, I know. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well, Bre- then I'm in trouble. Well, join the club. Uh, Brenda, you talked about a survey that you did 
uh, on your latest email blast. Uh, tell us what that was about. So um, back in February of last year, I started calling the state of Illinois High School Association okay. because I'm in the state of Illinois. Shouldn't they want to do anything for me, right? Right, I mean, of course. Yeah, you pay taxes. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I wanted to get a lot of constituents. I wanted to get their input. And I thought the way to start was to get the coaches' input. And finally, the state of Illinois agreed to send a survey out from Officially Human to all the coaches in the state of Illinois. And in about two weeks, we got 2,500 responses. So we thought, okay, well, that's pretty good data. Right. Then we, then we sent it out in Wisconsin and got uh, probably 1,900, I think. Okay. And then we kind of switched gears a little bit and said, okay. We started talking to the high school federation, started talking to them a lot, said, hey, we want to do this survey. We'd like you to help, you know, at least facilitate it. Well, what they did was they provided us every state association's email address contact information so developed a 53 question survey it takes about 40 minutes to complete and send it out 14 states agreed to send it out and we got 19,000 responses wow wow yeah so then we have this data and we're like great we have this data now what do we do well, in the meantime, I had been having some conversations with Dr. David Pierce at IUPUI in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They have a sport uh, innovation institute. So they have agreed they are breaking down the data. They're analyzing all of it for okay. us and, and going to give us a very nice, robust report. But in the survey, it's kind of slick because we will be able to provide each state their data as well as one full data set okay but in the state of indiana for example they may they may think they have a problem in softball where you know 25 percent or 50 percent of the softball umpires aren't coming back well our data will be able to tell them well no actually you're really good in softball but in soccer you have you have a real problem the survey will be able to tell them because we asked the number of seat number of how do I say this? The number of years they continue, they plan on working. I see. So um, one to three, three to five, five, ten, ten plus. Okay. And so it, a lot of the those answers mirror what the NASO survey does, except ours goes just a little bit deeper. Okay. So they have 17,000. We have 19,000. We should be able to come up some, with some really, really good plans nationwide initiatives to get people spread the message of humanizing officials and spread the message of we need officials in the in the games do you think did you uh hear anything back from the states who did not send the survey out was there any reason why they did not want to participate no i no okay. i didn't there was a couple of states certain region or sections one section of California sent it out. One section of New York sent it out. I think what I've learned in through this whole process, these state associations are underfunded, they're understaffed, and the last thing they want to do is push out another survey. Right. And now the states that have participated, when we go and we present the data 
to the Federation, I think that may drum up some more interest. And also people, I think they think, well, nothing's going to be done. Nothing can happen. Nothing's going to change. We're going to keep down this path. And that's, that's not what we want people to think. We want people to think that, Hey, officially human and every other organization out there that's trying to humanize sport officials, they want to, they want to make this better for us. They want to be our advocate. Um, I'm not trying to take anything away from any of these States. I'm just trying to be the person that collects the data. We haven't charged anybody to do this. So you're ultimately trying to be the ally in this and rather than the, uh, you know, the, the, the person who's kind of, you know, uh, fanning the flames, you're trying to express that there is an issue and you need to work together rather mm-hmm. than saying, how is, how dare you let this happen? We need to fix this as if it was some sort of rallying cry. It's a, it's an encouraging process rather than a problematic process. Correct. Okay. Correct. The um, the other interesting thing about doing the surveys, there was back in February, March, when I was non-creepy stalking some states <laughs> to do the survey for me, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to one of the states. I, I, I go, I don't understand. Why wouldn't you want to do this? It, it's going to cost you no money. Right. And six months later, that that particular state reached out to me and said, um, Hey, we want to do this for you now. Nice. We want to do it. And so they did it. The other interesting part about our survey, as opposed to NASO, NASO, I believe, I don't have the facts on this. I believe it hit only their members. Yes. Where ours hit non-members because people that may be grade school, high school officials aren't necessarily part of that right. program. And for people who don't know, NASO is the National Association of Sports Officials, and you do not necessarily have to be a member of that in order to be an official. I know I don't even think I'm a member, and yet I've been doing high school baseball for 14 years. It's a it's a it's like a union basically. That's kind of a voluntary thing. And they do they do some really really good stuff. Yes, really good stuff. I'm. I went to their summit last year and I was blown away at how much time, energy, money, resources they put into their summit. It was it was an amazing experience. And that's where I met a lot of the state high school associations was through there. You know, the other thing I would imagine is that NASO is comprised of officials. So it's officials you know, saying officials need better treatment, et cetera. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but officially human is not directly run by officials. So no. therefore you have, you know, what is in essence a third party backing this claim saying, this is a, a, a serious issue. And yeah. if if we're taking it seriously, that gives much more momentum behind it to say, we, we all need to take this more seriously. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, one the one podcast I did, he asked me, "So have you ever officiated?" I'm like, "Oh no, no." No, you're smarter than job. all of us. You wouldn't go out there. <laughs> right. No, no. I'm an I'm idiot for that. stepping on the field. <laughs> no, no. I well, we did go to a high school. We went to a couple high schools to talk to the parents, and would like to do more of that because it's fascinating right. to tell some of the stories, and. I told them two stories. I told them one of one of our officials years ago, his wife 
passed away from breast cancer. And so he took some time off, but he came back for the, the end of the season in the basketball tournament and we're in a gym and it's silent, you know, nobody, no fans there. And a fan for one of the schools says, Hey Mike, why don't you go home and sit in your lounge chair and think about your wife? I mean, true story. Wow. And mm. so we uh, obviously had that fan ejected. That was probably one of the turning points for me when I'm like, ah, something yeah. has to be done. Yeah. And then I've seen coaches, I've seen coaches' wives chase officials back to locker rooms over, <laughs> you know, you lost by 20. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't a nail biter. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And um, I've seen, I've, I haven't actually physically seen this, but officials getting spit on. Oh, yeah. Leaving a going to halftime. Well, what does anybody think an official is going to do? Well, now we expect that official to go into a locker room, gather themselves, and come back and work again. Right. It's crazy. It is. It is. And I just think it, there's so much misunderstanding about officiating. I told these parents, you know, when these officials show up to your games, number one, they're probably coming from a, their full-time job. Mm-hmm. Number two, they don't get a second chance. They can't forget a whistle. They can't forget their shoes. They can't forget their pants. They have to have it all. So they are the most organized creatures I have ever met. Yes, we are. Yes. We are very OCD. Yes. Yes. Never check a bag. This is true. This is very true. Yeah. Now, do you find that, at least in your experience, in your research, et cetera, is it the fans, the specifically the parents, the players, the coaches? Do, is there one group that stands out more as providing more of a problem uh, towards officiating, or is it all kind of equal jumbled, or and it, or is it situational and so on and so forth? What what do you see the most? I would say at this point, without having all the data analyzed, the parents and fans. Okay. That doesn't surprise me. Right. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that we're, we are not, uh, you know, we're not solving cancer with this survey. There's a lot of stuff in there that people have already known. However, if, if we can raise awareness, NASO can raise awareness, you can raise awareness. Mm -hmm. It's only going to help the cause. Right. As I'm going through these questions and whatnot, I started thinking about all of the sad stories of the various times I've had to eject coaches, players, fans. I was going to ask you and about fans. Yeah, I know. I've how I've, many you've listen. I've ejected them all. Okay. Um, the only saving grace is that a few of them had hilarious stories behind them. The and, guy with the golf? Yes. <laughs> the, the, uh, one of our mutual friends makes me tell this all the time. I was in my first year. Uh, I was working the bases in a Prep 13 championship game. It's like 11 in the morning. It's 100 degrees out on like a May Saturday. They were running the Kentucky Derby that day. Um, my partner has got the plate, and he has only a navy blue umpire shirt. You know, we have tons of different colors in our in our cars and whatnot and he only happens to have a dark color on a hundred degree day (laughs) and he's having a terrible game behind the plate and coaches are arguing with him left and right 
And finally, he tosses a coach. And then it just starts escalating from there. The next play should be a routine ground out to the second baseman. The second baseman takes his time, makes it a bang-bang play. I call the kid out. It goes against the same team. Now the first base coach is yelling at me. And all of a sudden, deep in the third base uh, stands, all the way in the back row, this one guy stands up and above everybody else yells hey blue why don't you go home if you don't want to be out here so i ejected him and i said well why don't you get out of here and without missing a beat and this is where we get the rated m for immature rating he says good i'll go home and watch golf instead of this shit and which point i then turned to my partner and i said and i quote I don't even think golf is on today. <laughs> and I will never forget. That. And I'm, I, I legitimately was like, well, the run in the Kentucky Derby, w- they wouldn't schedule a golf tournament golf? the same. Th- that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. That's like driving on the parkway and parking in the driveway. It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, some that's a funny one. On the flip side, I've had to call the cops a number of times just so that I can take my plate gear off. You know, and that's the stuff that should not be happening. You know, I shouldn't be fearing for my life simply because I'm trying to do a job. And that's what has to change. I just I was talking to a referee this week who does a lot of high school signing and he brought in a kid to do his first JV high school game. And a mom at the end of the game just was annihilating this kid. And not only did nobody back him up, but the AD of the school said, you need to have thicker skin. My God. The assigner says, I don't think you're ready for this. You think that kid's ever going to work again? No. 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 And that's that's horrendous. That's absolutely horrendous. There's yes. there's the no AD the, saying it, that, and then the assigner too. Yeah, that's no, that's that's hard. At the very least, and as someone who has experience within the assigning world, and that I work with assigners very closely, if there's going to be an issue like that, they don't say that. They might right. say, "Listen, okay, I'm going to put you on some other games just to you know help you get your feet wet." Or, or that school could be blacklisted. Exactly. We're going to do something so that you can have a better experience. And whatnot. We need to work with you, not against you. And all of those people there were in the wrong. And that's absolutely terrible. I have the exact same problem in that. And I I hate it the fact that it comes back to me right now. Like, like like, not that I don't mind sharing these stories, but Mm -hmm. what, Brenda, what you're talking about is hitting home for me because I guarantee you, if I'm feeling it, every single official feels it in some way, shape, or form. And that's just sad. That's just absolutely sad that we accept that. It shouldn't be the norm. It should be, you know, the exception to the rule rather than knowing that, you know, when when the season starts, I'm going to get yelled at. And that's just how it's going to be for six months. Right. Well, and talk about that for a minute. So you talk about six months. These are no longer six months jobs. Right. They're year round. Yes, they are. And. We're expecting people to go to camps and spend more weekends away from their families without talking about the mental health and the family unit. There's so many layers to it that 
I, I can't fix it all. Right, no, you're, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Listen, I know from personal experience, there was a couple of years ago, I took a summer off and stopped umpiring by like the 4th of July. And I kid you not, when the, then, you know, the fall came around, I was like, wow, that was a refreshing, enjoyable summer. That was a couple of years ago. It was ago, a couple right? of years ago. And I looked back and I realized it was because I was not officiating that summer. And yeah. all of a sudden, I, I, I physically felt better. Yeah. I, was, I was not mentally run down. I was not dealing with the anxiety of knowing that I got to go step on a field. And That's not the way it should be. No, though. it's not. You know, the fa- no. a, a buddy of mine who is a retired minor league umpire called me and said, I'm hanging him up. And I said, why are you hanging him up? You're, you, you know, you're two steps from the major leagues. And he said, I've gotten to the point where I dread going to the ballpark every day. And, yeah. I, and that's what and I know I have to get out. And yeah. that, you know, no matter how you get to that, it shouldn't happen. Well, and when you think about it, too, when you're, you're talking to parents, you just like everything else, 80 percent of the economy is run by small businesses. Right. Well, don't you think 80% and I'm just using this number, 80% of the officials across the country are working lower level college and high school and youth games. Right. So, you, yeah. If you don't have them, you're not going to have games. And we everybody knows games are being canceled and um everybody has stories about this except we are tracking on them. That's what I think the difference is. You and I, we're we're looking for this stuff. Right. In Chicagoland, there's plenty of officials. They're not getting, they're not having games canceled. But in Bismarck, Illinois, where I'm from, they just had a weekend of games canceled because they didn't have enough officials. Right. So it is happening, and now they're feeling it a little bit. However, does it change the way they act when they go to a game? No, that's what I don't that's a know. Pro- yeah, uh, that, my guess would be no because I feel like as a fan or as anything, you're you know you, you get caught up in the moment so easily, and I think mm-hmm. that at least in my experience, you have a better shot of getting people to kind of stop the roller coaster before it gets too high, rather than to eliminate the roller coaster. You know, emotions mm-hmm. are always going to be running high in competition especially athletic competition it's always going to happen so if we can get people to recognize that and then take a step back rather than changing the narrative of the sport i feel like that's an attainable goal because you know i i I, in a perfect world i would love to change the narrative 100 percent. i just don't know how feasible that is you know and and you know at least you know getting people to alter their thinking in the moment is still not only an achievable goal, but it's still accomplishing the mission. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay. would. Totally. So switch gears for a second. Sure. Because I, I, you guys probably have as much experience in this as I do. A lot of the comments, not a lot, I'll, I'll say, I, I don't know what the percentage is. Comments coming back from officials are when, when you're at a, a small school or a private school, they can't say anything to the donors. Right. Yes. You're, how, how do you change that? That's a that's a great question, and I can relate to that because about uh, ten years ago, I got a I got a, a call that there was an opening 
for a coaching job at a local private school. And they said, you should apply for it. And I thought about it and someone said, don't do it. I said, why not? He said, because it's a private school. Mm. People are with tons of cash and who are donating tons of cash are going to send their kid and they're going to be terrible at baseball. And because of the money, they're going to expect that kid to play. And you're not going to want to have to deal with it. And the good news that I can say is that the athletic directors will at least work with you when it comes to students who are behaving badly. Last year, Mm -hmm. I had a situation at a local private school where there were kids from the school lining up along the fence and were basically heckling the other team. And I told the AD, those kids have to be removed. And the and the game will not go on until they're removed. And the AD did it in a heartbeat. And wow, that's it was, awesome. it was and, that, and that's great. But you raise a fantastic point in that what if the parents do that? And what if the parents are the ones who are shelling out tons of cash for this? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think the only thing that we can say at, at least is that at least in New Jersey, the the rule of thumb is that it's the athletic director or the site director who has to officially handle unruly fans. It's not up to the officials per se. They can obviously tell the the athletic director these people have to go, and then it's the AD who has to remove them. I was at a middle right. school uh, doing a baseball game, and we there was another private two private schools playing, and the visiting team uh, had a father in the stand who was acting acting uh, immaturely. And I told the AD, he's got to go. And he was able to get him to go because it was not his school. So again, we're making some progress, but that doesn't necessarily solve it from the standpoint of when it's the home school. It's somewhat somewhat applicable also to the professional sports because, I mean, ostensibly fans pay for tickets. Right. And Mm -hmm. are in a way paying for salaries indirectly for players. Right. So, I mean... The same argument could be said for fans saying, Uh oh, well, I'm paying to be here, so I I should act however I want. It it seems like when you combine these two settings, really the only way to stop it is to let it hit rock bottom. And when when the officials decide they don't want to be working those games and or the fans stop coming out and paying the salaries of the of the players, people will realize, geez, maybe I need to look in the mirror and fix this. I would hope. I hope so. You know, and or if there are less games to right. the point where you know you, the more and more games have to be canceled right. because of, there are no officials. Right. The problem that I see with it, and Brenda, tell me if you agree, the people who need this help the most are the ones who never recognize that they need the help. They're usually of a malignant, narcissistic type of personality who will never be able to take a step back and realize. I'm the problem. Do you, would you, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I, I, I think that's, there are those people out there. However, I have some really good friends that are the, some of the biggest jackasses when it comes to, Hey, 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 don't use my name in vain. (laughs) That's a commandment. We don't do that. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? As a matter of fact, I was getting text messages last night from this friend. And I said, I would have ejected the coach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think I think there, there's, there's those people, but then I think the everyday fan, they just, everybody thinks that officials are out to get them and their kid has to win and their kid's going to get the scholarship. And, oh, it's so frustrating oh, sometimes. Yeah. 
do you do you see a correlation between uh, what happens professionally and how that trickles down? Because I know I see it. I know I see the the people who say, "Well, this is how they act." in the major leagues so that gives me carte blanche to act this way at the high school level well it's interesting you say that we have just probably picked up on that point a little bit more when we're talking to people we've had a lot of people say to us well what about the tv commentators right so then we kind of started okay yes there is a correlation so if jay billis is on espn and he's hammering on the officials and then I go to my daughter's basketball game and I think I know all the rules and the officials are stupid, then I'm just going to start yelling because Jay Billis does it. Right. Why, why wouldn't all of us do it? Right. Um, I think that that is actually going to gain some traction as well, is people are going to start calling them out a little bit more. Right. Because one of the things that I really, really struggled with for years is nobody is giving them a voice. Right. Nobody's... So the NASO survey gave them a voice. We're giving the lower level officials a voice. And together, it is going to be very telling to people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of the uh, organizations that try and have a voice, you know, we've seen the MLB Umpires Association, the NFL referees, uh, you know, they've started like a Twitter account and they mm-hmm. try and explain to the general public, you know, why certain things are the way that they are when it comes to calls and whatnot. And unfortunately, you know, one tweet will have 10,000 replies from ignorant people who <laughs> don't know what they're talking about, you know? So it, it, it's a defeatist attitude, you know, like, why are we going to go through with this? What do we, why do we keep fighting this supposed good fight if it doesn't do any good? And if every, if every sport could have a, Dean Blandino and Gene Steratore, right? Who who explain them so well, and even if they may have a difference of opinion on the call, they're going to let the officials on the field do their job, right? And they're not going to try to say something different. I don't know if it's a money issue in every other sport, or like you said, all right. Well, Gene Steratore said this, so I'm going to tweet it, and I'm going to get ten thousand responses to it, and then right. it's just going to become a hot mess on Twitter. The The other thing that I find interesting when we're talking about social media and, and people saying stuff, you can look at so many positive situations in, hey, Jack got this call right, and there's three likes on it. Mm-hmm. But when Jack got that call wrong, there's 10,000. Right. <laughs> That's very true. That sounds like my dating life, actually, right. more so than anything else. Don't tell my girlfriend. Uh, but it's the truth. It's mm-hmm. it, it speaks to the idea that you know, at least in football, you know, you, you said it. You have the Gene Steratores of the world, the, the the Mike Pereiras, whoever. They're they're providing the commentating on the officiating, and that's that's fantastic. But it's almost like no one is watching this stuff to hear what the officials have to say, and. You know, we've heard that rhetoric before. No one's coming to see us umpire and whatnot. And I get that. I absolutely get that. I'm just afraid that these networks or these media outlets don't utilize that resource for the idea that nobody wants to hear that. And, you know, it's not a moneymaker. It's not sexy. It's not getting eyeballs to the television. And you have to almost wonder, like, 
that shouldn't matter at this point. If, if the civility of our society is trending downwards, whether or not we're making money off of this should not be the end-all be-all as to whether or not we need to do a, a, our fans a service and provide these explanations properly. Right, right. The other, the other thing that you think about, too, is people don't realize that officials do not want to be part of the game. Right. They just want to – they're just – officiating that's all they're doing and the ones in my 20 years of doing this there's been a few that have been very you know overly arrogant yes and very much about themselves and they don't last they don't move up the food chain mm. because you just you can't sustain that right at the very high level now maybe in nba and you know major league baseball i don't know but um the other thing people don't realize is not everybody's doing this to make it to the top division one. Right. Some people are doing it just because they, they want to help out their community. They want to stay in the well, game. They want to exercise. They want to do you know whatever the case may be. And I don't know why they want to do it. I, get, I applaud them all. I, well, I, on behalf of them all, I thank you for that because there are days that I question that as well. You know, and then I then I step on the the, the scale, and I'm like, oh, because I uh, was running around today, I lost a pound, so I'm going to keep doing right. this. You know, right? This this is much better than exercise. So. It's it's really tough to do a job that um, that you know when no one notices that you're doing a good job, right? Where mm-hmm. only, people only notice that you're doing a bad job, right? One of mm-hmm. the one of the uh, it's a thankless job, right? Yeah. One of the one of the things that I parallel it to is. Music production. Oh, yeah. Um, both oh. Jack and I are musicians as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, no one notices when you ma- no one notices when you do a good job. Right. You know, but they take if, it for granted. But if yeah, they take it for granted. But when you make one little mistake, that's everyone's all over you. Yep. For it. Yep. Right. Right. I um, when I talk to the high school groups, I ask this question. Anybody that went to work today or parented today? How did you perform? 70 to 80%, 80 to 90, 90 to 100. You know, let them raise their hands. And I say, if you perform between 80 and 100% every day of your life, do you think that you deserve to be yelled and screamed at? Because that's what these officials, overall, it's about 85% accuracy. Right. It's even higher and, for certain officials. I know that right. you know the major league average for strike zones is, you know, like around ninety five percent. You know, which is which is better than the automated ball strike system that they're trying to Im- impose. So, if they yeah. if the humans are beating the computers, the sci fi right. movie has not been written yet. Uh uh-uh. uh You know. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not at all. But you're not absolutely right. And the, and the other thing is that we as officials are expected to start perfect. And then improve. Yes. So figure that one out without blood spraying out your ears. It doesn't work, you know? It's... No. I've always, I've always been amazed at, particularly this because I have more experience in this, in the sport of basketball, when everybody focuses on the last two minutes of the game. Right. Mm. And here you are, you played 20 minutes of a high school game or 24 minutes, whatever they play. And you are focused on the last two minutes yep. of the game. And what happened to the other, you know, twenty-two minutes? Right. You know, 
I say the, I, I say the same thing. I said, you know, they say, oh, Blue, you missed that call. That call cost us the game. I said, Coach, it's a seven-inning game. There are three outs per inning. <laughs> So that you had 21 outs, and the one that I missed cost you. What happened to the other 20? What mm-hmm. did you do then? Fallacy of the predetermined exactly. outcome. I just, right. that, that my, now, I took calculus in high school, and then I stopped. So my math could be wrong. You didn't need any more than that. No, no. We count to four for a living now. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. you know, that's, yeah, I just know that. That's hard coach, enough. Look, listen, I can barely dress myself most days, okay? So as long as you got your blue shirt on, that's This all is now. very true, for, especially on the hot days mm-hmm. when I have Light to eject blue. people for, you know, going to watch golf. <laughs> So, That's not being played. Yeah, yeah. Brenda, what else can people do to support this cause? I mean, obviously, you have your website, which is a fantastic website. You know, it's got links to supporting the mission and whatnot. But what specifically can people do to get behind this? Uh, well, that's a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think we're not going to fix this alone. Officially human is not going to do it. I think it's taking the officially human message, your message, everybody else that's doing this and say, Hey, there's a lot of groups out there right now that are, that are really trying to fix this and address this. And everybody's trying to raise awareness that this is a real problem. Right. I would love people to go to my website and, you know, donate to the cause and help us. What we will do with that money is we are turning that into additional PSAs um, talking about doing some education pieces for high school, grade school parents, which I think it will be really, really good. Won't be anything too robust, and we won't make anybody read more than four pages. But that's I like think, three too many. So right, yeah. reading's exactly. hard. Yeah. We've lost interest because yeah. I'm a little ADD myself, so <laughs> I know it's got to be four pages or under. Uh, but but things like that, just going and and talking about. I don't know if you've heard about officially human. But they're trying to fix this problem. Right. They're trying to address it and raise awareness. I think that's the probably the biggest thing we can do right now. I agree. I, that's amazing. Uh, Brendan, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to say? The floor is completely yours. If you'd like to plug anything, you know, thank anybody, whatever you want to do, it's all you. One thing I want to do, it's probably a little far for you to drive. However... At the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament, we are hosting, with, along with the Horizon League and the Indiana Sports Corps, we are hosting a officiating symposium. So we're bringing people from the NCAA, the high school federation, experts in the field, other parks around the Indianapolis area to talk about. Everybody's going to have their own piece. So the parks are going to talk about how they address fan behavior, how, how they are struggling to get officials to work their games, their basketball, baseball games. And then the NCAA and high school federation, they'll talk about how they are doing huge officiating drives right. so to sign people up. So that that's kind of a cool thing. We're tracking. Uh, hopefully people will track on that and come to that. But otherwise, just keep, you know, go to the website and support the mission. That would be amazing. We can easily do that. Absolutely. You know, that's that's nothing. Brenda, yeah. we, we can't thank you enough. This was so fun and we had a blast doing it. And, you know, please know that we at OSIP are behind you 110%. Whatever we can do 
to to help your cause, you, you know, you know where to find us. We're we're on board 100%, and I will gladly take days off from work so that I don't have to get up early uh, to, to do what I can. So whatever it takes. Well, that's, that's great. And what you guys, what OSIP is doing is amazing. It's it's amazing. Well, thank you. And I, I'm happy and excited to watch your journey in this whole thing. And again, we all get to come together and do this together. This is this is the start of a beautiful friendship. So yeah. yes, yes, very much so. Um, but thank you so much for your time and reaching out because I, I I really really do appreciate it. It's our pleasure, Brenda. Brenda Hilton uh, from Officially Human has been our guest. Uh, it's been a blast. We thank everybody for listening. Uh, don't forget osafoundation.org. Uh, OfficiallyHuman.com is their website. Make sure you go to it, learn about it as well. Uh, they're all over social media as we are too. Uh, and uh, I think that's about it, Sean. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Okay, well, if I do, that's too late. I'll, so, I'll reprimand right. you later. Yeah, you do that right. anyway. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> thanks, you guys. This was amazing. It's our pleasure. Thank it's you, our Brenda. Pleasure. Thank you so right. much. Everybody, Have a great weekend. You. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, take care, and until we talk next time, treat each other with respect. Thanks. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.